Hey y'all, welcome to Truth's Table, Midwives of Culture for Grace and Truth. I'm Kemeny. I'm Christina. And of course, there's y'all. This table is built by Black women and for Black women. So welcome to the table, C, and y'all. How you doing? Hey, we're doing, I am doing great. I hope everybody who's listening is having a great day today. And y'all, so, mm-hmm, yes, it's mm-hmm. the weekend at this point. Um, so yeah, I'm actually really excited for what we about to do because... <laughs> See, because y'all sit at the table with us every week, and so we hear you. We hear you when you say, I love Truth Table, but it's so heavy sometimes. It's so <laughs> deep. Y'all just, it's just so heavy. Like, we need light moments. So lay our burdens down. Exactly. So we've heard y'all. Kind of. We have heard you, <laughs> and we are going to play a game today. Come on now, because we are fun. Hello. We are going to play a game. Sort of. All right, and it is called Black Card Revoked. We are excited. And it's by, let's see, we got to give props here. Cards Fall People. All right. And go. so I'm excited to play this game. Look, I'm about to read the instructions. It's hilarious. Because they're a hoot. Check it they out. are a hoot. Okay. Instructions. You know how we do. Make your own rules and play the way you want. That's what you're going to do anyway. <laughs> Because you don't follow directions, okay? And you try to. And it is true. We are about to play however we want to play. So, Like on a podcast episode. That's true. They're right. They called us out. So you're going to start us off, see? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here we go. So question number one. And and, and this and remember, this is Black Card Revoke. So we need to know, like, are you going to be able to get these points? Like, you want to do this live? You want the people to know? I don't want to get my Black Card Revoke. <laughs> I'm, like, legitimately nervous right now. Like... What? Well, here it is. Okay, here it is. Question, question number one. According mm. to Mama, that's right. According to Mama, a, a great mm. Um, mm-hmm. expert theological resource right there. What What does it mean if your hand itches? Ooh, that, a, a, oh, we oh, give you choices. You got. Oh, you oh, no, 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 give me the Give, give me the choices. Give me the choices. It's like, I don't even need. I don't even need no choice. <laughs> a, you got debt to pay. Sally Mae is coming. Mm-hmm. B, you about to lose your hand. <laughs> C, you need to wash your hand. Mm-hmm. Or D, you coming into some money. D, you finna get that paper. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that one. All right, all right, all right. It's that old wise. It's your turn. It's your turn to answer. All right now. All right. Your black card be river. Okay, here we go. Okay. If they climbing through your windows, (laughs) you should hide your A money. Mm. B Easter eggs. Mm. C kids and wife. Mm. D television. Well, that one can be tricky for some people, but I'm going to lean in and say that C, kids and wife. Yeah. Thank you so much. I received you that. You got point. that. You got that one. You got it, girl. You got it. You black. You still black. I'm still black. You know, it's hard to shake these things. Okay. Oh, <clears throat> answer the question. How many fights did the Fresh Prince get into Uh-oh. before his mom got scared? Oh, okay. come on now. You gotta, we gotta run the song. Okay, but here's some choices. You ready? I know. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. A, five. B, one. C, two. Or D, three. B, final answer. One. Because 
Because he got, right, got so it one, one little bite. My mom got scared. She said, you remember what your mom and auntie and uncle? Wait, your auntie and uncle and belly. Yeah. All right. See, that's right. That's important. Knowledge. I got a little nervous. They did not teach you that in seminary, nor me that uh-uh, in graduate uh-uh. school, but that is important. Life that ain't taught, man. It's caught. It is caught. It's caught, not taught. Mm. Okay. Like good preaching. There you go. There you go. What about <laughs> this one? You got now you don't know this one, man. Well, that's that's setting it up for Kim and he thanks. <laughs> thanks. That's a very loving intro. Carry on. This one is come on, foundational. Okay. <laughs> It's foundational blackness, all right? Absolute shenanigans. (laughs) Who's poor, black, and maybe even ugly, Mm. but dear God, they still here. A, Nanny, Lackawanna Blues. Mm. B, Pookie, New Jack City. Mm. C, Reva, Boys in the Hood. Mm -hmm. D, Seely, The Color Poker. Well, let's be clear about the significant <laughs> role that number D, Seely, plays right. in the life of just Black music historiography. I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah. Come oh, on. Yeah, I mean, Seeley's nothing can keep me from my sister. <laughs> yes. Like, Mikey, that. Uh, yes. So, yes. Okay. All right. Next question. <clears throat> so, that's the answer. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Clearly. You got to say it clearly for the clearly. people. Clearly. That's the okay. answer. Okay. All right. Good. <laughs> that is the answer. You're right. You're right. I know. You gave us I the know. history too. Should I rehearse lines of the movie? <laughs> do you want me to do, do the movie version, the book version, or would you like Wait, me to do the, the play? play? <laughs> what, what would you like? I could also do church mind with white gloves. Which oh, method would goodness. you like? Yes. That's fine. Okay. All right. Um, mm. This is this is another really important category because I I think it's it's important for us to honor the great matriarch according to Mama. Oh, what does it mean if she dreamt oh. of fish last night? A mm-hmm. bad luck. B somebody pregnant. C somebody getting married. D money. Mm, it is somebody's get and somebody's pregnant. <laughs> somebody's pregnant. There it is. There it, it is. There it, it is. It. There it is. Followed by her nose is spreading and yes. other statements. And her neck is getting black eyed. And we hope that those things are true because clearly <laughs> those are not things you want family members to say about you. <laughs> All of the signs. That's right. Keeping you humble. Keeping you humble All in the black the family. Signs. Very All important. The signs. All right. Now, this one, this one you know. Okay. In which, as you've been knowing them all. <laughs> in which city? <laughs> I don't know. I get, I get, get tossed up with geography. <laughs> in which city was Martin Luther King Jr. killed? This is a little depressing. Oh, yes. A, Atlanta, Georgia. B, Memphis, Tennessee. C, Washington, D.C. D, Birmingham, Alabama. It is B, Memphis, T- Tennessee. And of course, last it week, is. we acknowledged the 50th. Yes. Anniversary of that assassination. Yes. So in the life of the social ethic reformer, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. We thank God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We thank God for his life and Coretta Scott King's life as well. So. There you go. So even so there's even moments in Black Card Revoke where we can pause and say la. Because yes. <laughs> the trauma will always meet. Because us. I mean, humor and trauma live together they are in the same yes, high for, rise for apartment building yes, and so what floor do you want to go to mm-hmm. okay <clears throat> oh 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 
answer the question. Jerome, that great matriarch. Come on, Jerome. From Martin is a player from A, Detroit, B, Harlem, C, Chicago, or D, the Himalayas. The Himalayas. And how does it go again? <laughs> Jerome. <laughs> Well, Wait, Jerome was funny, man. He had a whole bunch of stuff on that show. Oh, I know. It was, was like, a plan from the Himalayas. Well, it was like, it's <laughs> like a reboot of In Living Color in terms of sketch and just. Yeah. It was, really it was Jerome and a half. When Martin Lawrence was hot, he was hot. It was when, you know, with his heyday of humor. Oh, yeah. I mean, slapstick funny. Mm-hmm. I think they're supposed to be bringing Martin back, though. I don't know about that, but. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, okay. So this game is a lot of fun. But I have a question. No, I can't. No, no, I got a good. We gotta do the next one. This one, just one more. Okay, go ahead. But then I'm gonna. Then I gotta yeah, ask we got, something. I know, I've got I know, to I know, ask I know. something. Just important. one more. Just hit one it, more. Hit it. What you got? It's still related. So okay. <clears throat> Which character from Martin lived on the fifth floor? Oh. A. Roscoe. <laughs> B. Hustle Man. C. Dragonfly Jones. D. Bro Man. Bro man lived on the fifth floor. Yeah, he as did. As shown by four fingers raised. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, right. That's hilarious. You know? Yes. Fifth floor. Fifth and a fun bonus fact yes. is that- um, Come on. Come on, Kimmy. Bro man actually was my next door neighbor <laughs> in Pasadena. And his real name is probably not. It was, his <laughs> is actually Reggie. Uh, but yeah, he, yeah, he was my uh, next door neighbor, y'all. That is a- that's very black. See, that is a moment <laughs> in Black Americana history. You see what I'm saying? Yes. Is, don't don't let anybody let you think that Truth Table is not about <laughs> serious educational moments here. So no, but okay. So so here so here's the um, here's the segue. So this game is a lot of fun. Black for for us, it's a lot it of is fun. an in group. It is an in group game for black folks. It's an in group game folks. for black people. I imagine that there are folks that I know I love dearly who are like highly connected to Italian Italian American culture. Mm-hmm. I can imagine them sitting around the table jamming on their own version of the game, and folks that I know that represent Dutch culture or whatever in group stuff. In group stuff, yeah. Um, and uh, but I, I want I wanted to ask you maybe we can ask ourselves this question of. Have you had times where you felt like your black card was being revoked or that you had to overprove blackness? And why might that be? That's funny. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's Since you this... did well on this game, clearly there right. should be no question. Right, right, right. No, uh, yeah. Oh, goodness. Of course, there's been those times where people want to, you know, question your blackness or, yeah. Why do we do that? Oh, Lord. We're going to hopefully get down to that this podcast but yeah there have been times it's funny (laughs) because um we part of it is that we don't recognize the diversity of within blackness that's our problem and so it's a it's very very narrowly focused right um singularly on the african-american experience but we don't understand that as black people we enter in you know at different points in history even within our american context anyway so so times that um uh that i had my blackness polices usually shows up with food choices. Mm. That's where it shows up for me, right? Because, um, so soul food. Now I grew up, you know, with black, I've been black all my life. Um, I grew up with black folks. <laughs> so I know this is a revelation, but I grew up with black <laughs> folks. So I, 
I know soul food, but in my own household, I did not grow up on soul food because soul food because my parents are Nigerian. And so, um, and they came here early seventies. And so that's not what I grew up on. So they would just make just regular, it's funny, it was, food is just so interesting, but they would make American food for us. They make spaghetti, they made barbecue chicken. They would do that for me and my sisters. And then they would make Nigerian food for themselves. My mom and my dad mm-hmm. would have that. So it was like a house divided, if you will, for lack of a better term, yeah, yeah. With, with cuisine, right? Because we were so picky. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't want to eat fufu. Oh. <laughs> that's what we were saying. They're like, oh gosh, these American kids. And so they would make, so they would make, make your own food. Yeah, they would always make, <laughs> um, you know, American food for sure, us. Sure. Um, but they didn't grow up, you know, with uh, soul food. Because mm-hmm. they ate, you know, um, what what will be considered more of the original things, right? Because soul food is very much related to actually a lot of the Nigerian cuisine. It's just that we have the actual soup. It's like, oh, you can see the greens, and it's like that's related to afeng soup, which is a fufu soup that we'll eat. Mm-hmm. Um, or you can have, or um, um, black folks will eat grits. But I like Gary, you know, mm-hmm. and that that is the original. <laughs> it's literally just like grits in a lot of ways, but you drink it, you, know, you would have it with a spoon and some water, mm-hmm. almost drinking it in a way, kind of like a cereal. Mm-hmm. But in grits, you know, you cook it down, make it warm and all that. So it's very, it's related, it's adjacent, but it's not the same. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah, more yeah. derivative, I should say. Um, so I didn't grow up, you know, on soul food. So I don't gravitate toward yeah. um, um, candied yams. Yeah, and, that's the Southern, by, and, by way of the Southern cuisine. Exactly, right, sure. exactly. So through the, the slave trade. And so I don't, I don't, you know, so I don't gravitate toward peach cobbler. So sweet potato and the pumpkin pie wars. Okay, so this is funny. No, this is I know what you're about to say. I know I'm it's like, so it, sad. It's, not it's funny. sad. <laughs> but my black, but black, it's irrevocable black. This is the name of this episode. <laughs> you so give it a pod, don't girl. even try it. You better give it a pause right now. <laughs> so look, so Thanksgiving is an American thing, right? Which is it's problematic. Yeah, but okay, so that's we, another show. It's another show. So <laughs> as we, as my parents keep they're assimilating, you know, into the culture and mm-hmm. Thanksgiving and just doing a typical mm-hmm. Thanksgiving meal that you see, you know. Um, and so they I don't know if this is back just in the 70s mm-hmm. and 80s, these pies were not accessible, but there would be pumpkin pie at the store, but there no, wasn't sweet potato. I don't so think there was sweet pie. Yeah, I don't Stop think there was it. sweet potato pie back then. Mm-hmm, sure. And so that's just what we had when we had Thanksgiving, which by the way, I'm not that big into Thanksgiving meals confession uh, but we always had pumpkin pie so i always and i'm not a big pie person so i would uh, prefer i like pumpkin pie when i do eat pie <laughs> i don't eat it that often but when i do eat it i do like pumpkin pie and that, now i think about the reasoning why it's like oh it makes sense but anyways those are times that my that blackness so has been American. that it's 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 been quite in question <laughs> by food choices well, but i love me some fried chicken though it's in and question i, I do leave right me some watermelon now. i do like it's, watermelon it's in question right now so that's, no, that's fascinating yeah there's this um there's just random rabbit trail there's this awesome <laughs> documentary that talks about soul food soul food and health and one of the yeah. cool things that comes out of it is you know obviously the african connection to the yam Yes. And yes. Uh, the and okra. And so yes. I have That's in our soups. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. And it, and it came over here in the hair yes. of uh of of enslaved and trafficked yes. women um from the continent. And so anyway, so I I couldn't stand okra and then I learned that history and I was like I'm gonna eat this gumbo with this okra in it <laughs> because in honor of the ancestors. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. So this yeah. is pretty much what you know the guilt cuisine, like that, your your purple drink, uh, exactly. like Black Panther purple juice. That's your Wakanda. Yes. It's, it's a big deal, but no, no it is a big deal. Fascinating, yeah. Because depending on where you know the the trail of your story, like your your family's West African migration Central, narrative, yeah, right? Yeah. And so my people are 
West and North African all the way yes. to Mississippi and North Carolina. So we're going to pick up the cuisines that are associated with the continent, but also that European influence of like fried foods and mm-hmm. the way things are cooked. And yes. So, um, fascinating. You it's know, crazy. So I would say there, there are in two ways in which I would say that my black, yeah, how blackness your, your has blackness? been doubted. Yeah. One is in, oh, to some extent, like early childhood, like what it means to be a light skinned black person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, yeah. So, so I would say that's kind of in a joking way. I mean, most. I mean, I grew up in Baltimore. We had chameleons of black people um, of all <laughs> kinds of hair colors, eye colors, yeah. skin tones. Like you name it, is like, oh, she black. She got blonde hair. She's born that way. Oh yeah, we know. So I mean, there's lots, lots of different yeah. types of black people. But I think, um, but there would be people who would say like, oh, well, you know, you know, you're a white girl, mm-hmm. or or this, um, and this is in group. This so people saying like. Um, assuming that I wasn't as connected to black people they, or they yeah. hadn't seen my parents yeah. where I'm like, my parents are black people. Like, you know, yeah. black parents, y'all. So, um, so anyway, so I would say that's there. Although I don't think that actually threw me into like a frenzy. It was more of like, this is just the dozens of blackness. It's like the standard haze of black oh, identity. Yeah. So oh, yeah. in some ways, I mean, I don't think I, I walked away from that particularly traumatized or overcompensating. It was just like, okay, okay whatever y'all. Mm. But I would say it wasn't until... Oh gosh, well into my 30s that I had the experience of being in spaces, professional and locations where I was one of few black people. Yes. Where there were high levels of just in-group distrust and like vying for position. This is me like interpreting what I'm experiencing. Before that, I never saw that. Like when I lived in the South, when I was at historically black colleges, when I was at black church, never saw that. But it wasn't until I got into spaces that were like, overwhelmingly white, mm-hmm. handful of black people. And then those black people are kind of like sizing up the other black people. Um, so it was, and I remember actually mm-hmm. talking to two fairly young women who we were working in the same organization together and they had waited a really long time to come and meet me. And I'm, I'm a part of like the black book of, of life where it's like, you see another black person, you're like, I see yeah, you. I, acknowledge I mean, you. we don't have to be friends and pretend that we like each other, but like, I don't know. If it's time to get to the Underground Railroad, I'm going to tell you where it is. You right. Know, like, right. Help. You know, when the <laughs> sirens go off, I'm going to be like, caca, 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 come with me, you know? So anyway, these are just the, these are the, these are the rules that I have, in, right. have taken in from since childhood, y'all, okay? Everyone has not gotten this handbook, apparently. So, um. Black people nod. Of the bad people nod. Like, I'm like, what, what, there's a breakdown of the handbook, people. There's a breakdown. So, but yeah, but, but these two young women, I remember saying to them, yeah, why, why don't you guys come and talk to me? Like, I'd wave to you or whatever. And they were kind of scammering a bit for, like, words or language. And then I looked at them and said, were you trying to figure out what kind of Black person I was? And then they giggled and was like, yeah. I was like, Black people are Black people. You should have spoken to me. <laughs> right. I have since forgiven them. God bless them. But but the, but the point is, like, I did not have that experience until I'm yeah. talking, like, 34, 35 years old. Um, and it, it was really unique to that environment of being mm-hmm. one of a few, whereas growing up in a Black city, going to Black schools, even teaching at a Black school, just never had that happen. Um, uh, so that's been fascinating. What, what about in terms of, like, um, the theological traditions that we are connected to or that we navigate mm-hmm. in? Has there ever been a sense of, like, hmm, what's up with that? Like, y'all systematic theology, people, like... Mm. Is is that something that we're in which identity or race is questioned? You mean among black folks? Yeah, among black folks. Um, I think people. It's funny, not really. Mm-hmm. 
I think, uh, I guess because the receipts are there. I don't know. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I think it, it. people have a hard time reconciling. They're like, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. She writes this. She says this. She does these things. Um, all of her work is very much centered on, um, I'm speaking in third person right now. I'm just thinking from, from what I hear, <laughs> people usually say like it's very much centered on Blackness and Blackness and the image of God, mm-hmm. centering Black people and dignity. Sure. And, dignity. Um, and I'll- I'll preach that anywhere, you know, in front of white audience, black audience, don't matter, mixed audience, that's the same Mm -hmm. message everywhere Um, in different ways, you know. But I think they go, and then they look, they go, wait, what? This came out of Westminster? You went to, what? You went where? Like, Mm -hmm. how? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, and so I think it's always like a, like, how did you do that? Mm -hmm. Like, well, but I I don't think people understand that sometimes when you're in a very... um, uh, I mean, uh, who was it? I think uh, Zora said this. You know, I feel most colored when I'm thrown against a um, against a sharp white wall, mm-hmm. right, or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, my remix, if you will. Yeah, for sure. And so when I'm talking about <laughs> Zora Neale Hurston, um, I'm but, glad that was not in the game. Go ahead. Yeah, but it, well, I'm like, I knew it was Zora, but you know, uh, I feel most colored when I'm thrown against a, sh- a sharp white wall, something like that. Yeah, and so you either will. <laughs> You either try to assimilate to that mm-hmm. or it will, you're going to really press into your blackness or you're going to remain black if that's what you were. Um, and so that for me, I, th- I think I was just shocked and like, what? What's that? What's going on here? And so mm-hmm. I think for me, I just always was like, I'm black, like real black. Like, and I believe that black people are made in the image of God. Um, and so that's what I'm going to talk about. <laughs> and I'm going to help you out. Because I feel like there's that. a hole in our conversation about that. We yeah. could probably make more space for it. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's, so I don't know. People didn't really, I think, but I think if I think if I didn't have a public presence or if I didn't have my writings or if my ministry didn't work mm-hmm. out publicly the way I, mm-hmm. where, way it does, I think people would mm-hmm. definitely question my blackness. But I have not had that mm-hmm. Or at least not to my face yeah. <laughs> that I know of. I haven't, I don't think that's been an issue, but yeah. yeah. I mean, your ethnic identity is something that you are. Yeah. Not something that you do. Exactly. And yeah. so I think, um, I mean, our culture expresses more of kind of a, a verb. Like, mm-hmm. um, and I think there are certainly cultural, cul- clearly cultural elements of what it means to be a part of the African diaspora for sure. But, um, but I think because we, we sometimes look at blackness as, um, something that people do instead of being, then we can get into these check boxes and standards of like, you're in, you're out. And I think anybody can be tempted to do that. When I sit here and think, and and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this too, about are there times when I'm tempted to police other people's blackness? Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually I was going to ask you, Mm -hmm. even just in your own, where you you are too, have have people also, Mm -hmm. you know, try to even question your blackness with, Mm -hmm. you know, with your own profession, with where you are, you know, Christian institution, uh, where you are denominationally. Has that come into question too for you? I don't think they've done it to my face. Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think certainly they're, they're probably, probably you think it's odd or they fill in the blanks about what of who they think what I type am. of black person would yeah, be in these sure, spaces. Sure. Yeah. And and when I tell you like I'm a highly accessible person, like <laughs> you know, I, I I I strongly value congruence. Yes. <laughs> so yes, yes. if you meet me at the McDonald's and you meet me at church and you meet me at work, I will try to be the same person in all those spaces. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, anyway, so 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 which means that we're really accessible, but this is what all of us do. When there's silence or when you don't know, you fill in the blank with your assumptions or whatever information you have. And I think People are tempted to fill in the blanks, um, and which is one of the reasons why in the last year or two, in light of the political climate and all and 
the dynamics related to the church, I've felt the need to go on record about black dignity. Yes. Not because yeah. I newly recognize or feel a connection to black dignity, mm-hmm. but I feel like when we have such um, just grotesque abuses of white supremacy yeah. that you we need that all of us, this includes like people identify as white. Like everybody needs to push in and say like, no, this is what ethnic dignity looks like. Yes. And uh, anyway, so, so yeah, I'm sure there are people that are like, how did y'all get there? What's going on? And like, and then they, and I've had people who have met me and particularly my husband or been in space with this black folks. That'll be like, like y'all black, but y'all black, but like, by black, <laughs> right. I mean like culture. Black, like, black. You know, black. And, and, and sometimes there are people who, you know, in terms of like, if we talk about blackness as a verb, mm-hmm. we might have more check boxes than them. Like I grew up in a yeah, black neighborhood. Yeah, I went to a black school. I started a black true. school. Like I, you know, like. Um, that is true. <laughs> so, so it's like, we like black people. <laughs> yeah, because as you said, it, it's, it's, it's our being. It's, yeah. it's our being. We don't just put it on. So then, so yeah. So getting back to what you were saying, like how, why do you think that we tend to be um, tempted to yeah. police? Um, oh, well, have you done it? Yeah, for sure. Um, and what are the reasons why you think we, we do that I, or people are tempted to do that? I think one of the, so we have a couple reasons that we primarily, I think we sin against each other, mm-hmm. but um, so obviously there's self idolatry, but I think one of the, ex, one of the ways in which, uh, one of the motivations for self idolatry of making ourselves God or have power, illegitimate power is because we're trying to manage our own fear. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. much of our, our Christian faith is about trusting in God. And when mm-hmm. we don't trust in God, we, we want to trust in ourselves. Mm-hmm. This is what happened in the garden, basically. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the, the enemy is like, are you sure that's what God said? So mm-hmm. a lot of us are, are, are trying to figure out ways to manage our fear. Mm-hmm. And we create um, different ways to do that. And so when I am with Black people who I think espouse um, belief systems or behaviors that... Um, at least from my vantage point, mm-hmm. promote some type of um, black oppressive or inferior thoughts um, who right. support white supremacist ideologies and practices. Right. Then what happens in me is a fear comes up because I know that I know that ends in like death. <laughs> like I know it's a really yeah. bad thing. Yeah, that's real. And I get I get anxious about it, and right. so I'm kind of like, what is wrong with these black people? Haven't they gotten the memo? Mm-hmm. Like, how can you? Mm-hmm. Why is this not a big deal to you? Why aren't you speaking out about this? What kind of black people are you? Haven't you read the black book? Have you not gotten the black memo? So I think, so I'm recognizing in myself that it's my fear of saying, I need you to be this because I have a fear about the consequences of you not checking these boxes and functioning this way. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's good. Yeah, I think um, uh, for me, I think in some ways uh, I, I, when I have done that, Mm -hmm. right, when I have, the police, other people's blackness. I think uh, it's clear that obviously I'm I'm not thinking of blackness. I was not thinking of blackness as a way of being. I was thinking of it as a way of doing. Oh, as yeah, a, yeah. A, 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 a a coat you put on, <laughs> a pair of shoes you put on. Yeah, a place you an go. Act you you yep. put on. This is what you you know. This is how you. Um, how can you say? Uh, it's per- performative. Yeah. Blackness as perf- something that's performative, and so. Um, so I think that in my, I would say ignorant days and times, I used to do that even with people that it's like, you know, that were, how can you say, complicit, mm-hmm. you know, with white supremacy, because we know, I think, you know, you've been listening to Truth Table for some time now, you know, you've done heard me say this before, that, you know, white supremacy does not work unless black people or, or people of color, period, really are complicit. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, um, so I think that I'd always be like, oh man, you know, like just, you know, 
you know, what, what those things are, what, what people conclude about folks that tend to mm-hmm. perpetuate those um oppressive, you know, ideologies about black people and pathologies, mm-hmm. all those things. Yeah. Um, but I had to uh decolonize my own mind, mm-hmm. you know, on that and really begin to do some work and be like, look, there's diversity within blackness. Yeah. Um, people are image bearers, they're embar- image bearers. Um embodied souls, you know, who have different upbringings, who have different stories, who have different <laughs> backgrounds. I know this is hard for you to understand. Like I did to tell myself this, know. you know, I do not have the same experiences <laughs> as you. All right. Um, and, and, you know, and you, we have to give grace to yeah. that. You know what I'm saying? Like th- this too is black. Yeah. Now I even still struggle hard. I'm not gonna lie. I still struggle with my because white supremacy, white supremacy does kill us, you know. But but yeah, I mean, I, I cannot. We cannot do that. This is not. It's not, blackness is not performative. Right. This is something that we retain. God has made us this way, and we shall be this forever, yeah. you know. Um, and praise God for that. Uh, but yeah, I, I just I I remember thinking that way, and um, and just I had to stop that. You know, mm-hmm. I just, I really had to stop that. The Lord has put us in different places, different modes. Like I would find myself um, particularly, you know, wanting to put them outside if they were not as passionate, right? Mm-hmm. About, you know, um, um, uh, state sanctioned violence and they weren't as passionate about, you know, white supremacy and taking down this regime. If they weren't, like, I mean, like <laughs> you are out because you are not about that life. <laughs> you know? But I had to realize, like, wait a minute. Black card revoked. Black card revoked. No, no. Who are you? Yeah. Uh, and so I had to re- I had to really humble myself. First of all, repent of that. Mm-hmm. Confess that to the Lord. And be like, no, the Lord has given other people different passions, okay? Yeah, yeah. And black people too. Black. Not every black person needs to be passionate about what you're passionate about. <laughs> now, we should care that black bodies are being desecrated Amen. and killed. Amen. And I'm going to share that with you in love and truth. But, but, but yeah, they don't have to be. A God's given everybody else something different, and you just need to chill. Yeah. What is it to you, Akemini? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and so that's what I really felt the Spirit was telling. What is it to you? Like, <laughs> wor- worry about what I gave you to do. You're not you the know? police so, on this issue. I ain't Holy sure. Ghost Junior, as they say. <laughs> so, yeah. So, that, so anyway, I think, yeah, I, I think part yeah. of it is that we just don't, understand that there is diversity within blackness. I think we've fallen mm-hmm. for um, what the script that white supremacy tells us, that blackness only looks this yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. It only looks a certain way. It only yeah. looks like the hood or it only looks like, the, you know, trapping or which is a life in the pit of hell. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So I think, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm I guilty agree. of it and tempted oh, to do it. Oh, for so. sure. I, yeah. Probably before the next 24 hours, it can happen again. But <laughs> so, and when you think about ethnicity, so I mean, I see ethnicity as a gift. Y'all know I'm, you know, mm-hmm. I do the cultural work. Mm-hmm. But it, and when I think about it, it's a gift given by God. Like we don't get to take other people's gifts from them. These Come are on. gifts given by God. It's, so when God gives someone the gift of their story, the time period that they're born into, yes. the skin that they're in, the narrative, even if it came, it, it's wrought through great, great pain. When I think about like the fact that I'm here on this, yeah, like. The whole, like my DNA speaks to, mm-hmm. I feel like the, the, the trauma of the human trafficking that took place yes. in order to build the economic wealth of the United States and the Americas in general. And, but, and, but yet in still mm-hmm. my ethnicity is a gift. Mm-hmm. This narrative is a gift. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we don't get to like tell other people, you know, 
you don't have that gift. Yeah. You're not. We're not the gift giver. We're not the gift giver. So we can't we can't deny the gift that's there. So, um, but that but it's real challenging. And like I said, I, for me, I, I I I feel like at this point I can acknowledge a lot of that is rooted in fear, um, and and am I wanting to have power and wanting to control people's story so they can fit into a more functional box for me to manage and under, and, and persist with because yeah. I'm like, you're a lot. I would like for you to be like this instead. How about that? Um, but, but that temptation, I, we don't have the authority to do it because we're not the gift givers. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. Hmm. No, that's great. I mean, because yeah, you're right. Our ethnicity, it is a gift. And so what would you say, um, how would you distinguish um, Black dignity then from, say, Black idolatry? How do you toe that yeah. line between, yeah. Yeah. you know, appreciating this yeah. and praising God for it yeah. um, and without yeah. crossing over to Black idolatry? What is that? Yeah, anyway? yeah, yeah. So, well, I mean, when I think about idolatry in general, we're talking about... Um, those objects in which we think can save us. Yeah. So whether that's nationalism, whether that's like, um, whether that's like your nuclear family, whether that's your middle-class paycheck, whether that's higher education, whether that's like keeping it real. Marital status. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, whatever it is, anything that's outside of being the thrice holy creator Mm -hmm. (laughs) is idolatry. Mm -hmm. I mean, that can even Mm -hmm. include like, uh, your confessional standards and your hermeneutical practices, you like, like, come on. I mean, somebody. because you, because there's a difference between worshiping um, the God of the Christian faith and worshiping the uh, the pieces of a religion, mm-hmm. right? Oh yeah. And I, and I'm like a doctrinal, heavy, supporting kind of person, mm-hmm. so I'm not saying this in a flippant way. Like, no, we need to study and we need to be in the Word for yes. sure. But we can do that. As a form of idolatry, we can do that in a perverse way. Mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. this is like, you know, we just lean into that so quickly, right? Mm-hmm. And, and we have to constantly be praying that God would restrain us and always making our hearts to prefer God above everything else. And so in that sense, Black idolatry would be the belief system that Blackness is what will save us mm-hmm. and that Blackness is what we must bow to, submit mm-hmm. to, mm-hmm. Um, that it rules us. And so whenever we find ourselves sometimes policing people's Blackness, you can see how we can be tiptoeing into a form of idolatry mm-hmm. in that sense. Yes. Um, now, here's the thing. Black dignity, to me, is an affirmation of the gift of ethnicity that comes from God. And I yes. think to not, in a world that's filled with so much white supremacy, Black dignity for some people will look like black idolatry because I'm not supposed to say, mm. "Thank God, uh, I'm black." <laughs> like, I'm not supposed to, yeah. and I, and, um, and and I can. Someone's like, "Well, can people say thank God they're white?" I said, "They can definitely say thank God that I'm a part of the European his- historical narrative." Absolutely, I would challenge them and say, "Tell me what white means." Right. And and do you have a sense of whiteness outside of a system of stratification? Because I because have a sense of blackness yeah. outside of mm-hmm. that. So I would challenge them there. But certainly they should be like, thank God I'm Irish. I'm Italian. I'm, you know, like Your these are gifts. Our ethnic identities are gifts. Mm-hmm. And um, anyway, all that to say, black dignity to me is just a response to the goodness of God uh, shaping us as a part of his beautiful tapestry that uniquely brings glory to him, every tribe, nation, and tongue, which is going to be in the new heavens, y'all. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's making it in. Yeah. A lot of our other stuff, it ain't making it in, but this it's is not. making it in and yeah. it's going to be glorified and made anew and it's going to bring God a, a unique type of glory. I'm curious for you though, I know you've done some really great work around um, 
respectability politics mm-hmm, and um, and black dignity. And if you could just maybe parse a little bit of that out and even the, the conversation about, you know, what would be black idolatry, all of that. Like, what are your thoughts? Yeah, um, I think. Uh, well, I think, uh, yeah, well, with respectability politics, the well, as we've come to know it right now, as in this generation or what they call it is 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 this standard right of morality um that 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 is i guess i guess you could say is um an outworking right it was what people would say response to white supremacy so they would say you know conforming it's it's it's, it's assimilation in its mm-hmm. nature is what they would say it's like you're conforming to these middle class white middle class values mm. in order to sure, right sure. in order to not be beaten in order to not be shot in order to not be lit- in order to not be killed yeah, um, yeah. but it doesn't save us which in are motivating stuff. factors for sure <laughs> those are motivating <laughs> factors um, but I would to make it home, which you know, you know and home. which you know in that sense um, yeah you know uh, morality you know is not going to save us you know just in and of itself, right? So, which is why I posit that respectability politics reimagined um, calls us actually to more of a transcendent disposition mm-hmm. uh, where we are not trying to, um, uh, um, how can you say, assimilate or conform mm-hmm. to white middle class values. Whiteness is not the standard, God is. Um, God has called us, you know, uh, to a righteousness that is. Uh, found in his word, it's found in his law, uh, but it can only be imputed to us through our belief in Jesus Christ. And so we're not looking um, to to win the approval um, of white people so they stop killing us. We, we are seeking to please God and mm. affirm our own dignity and humanity that comes from our God because right. we are his image bearers. And so that so we, so this idea that you, we, we belong to somebody. Our lives are not our own. We yeah. can do whatever we want to do, um, and so, so it's not. It's, it gets us beyond the oh, we want to conform and assimilate to that. No, there's an assimilation that is happening, but it's happening and it's it's being conformed to Christ, yeah. right? And it's progressive in that nature, and yeah. so that calls us to something. Um, now, as far yeah. as Black dignity um, and black idolatry. I think um, you know uh, it. It is a wonder mm-hmm. that black people in in America or within the diaspora period mm-hmm. can say um, with confidence and love, um, and how can I say? I'll say healthy pride mm-hmm. that they love their blackness. They love their Africanness. Mm-hmm. They love being Cameroonian. They love being Kenyan. They love being Ghanaian, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. That to me, is that is a miracle in and of itself because every single one of us mm-hmm. have been given messages about how we ought to despise our blackness, how we ought to hate our blackness, how we ought to bleach our skin in order to gain proximity to whiteness, how we ought to even, I mean, whatever you can do. Mm-hmm. Oh, how we how we ought to straighten our hair, right? Mm-hmm. For proximity to whiteness. So, I mean, it is, we should praise God when, when you see black folks actually affirming themselves mm-hmm. um, and agreeing with God yeah. about how God has made them and right. that he has made us in and of ourselves, right? Our, our ontologically speaking, 
our blackness, our hair, our broad nose, all of those things are good mm-hmm. and we retain that, right? Um, but yeah, but you you touched on, I mean, the idolatry piece is when you begin to think lord it over others and you begin to think that blackness is superior, right? Yeah. To Asianness, right? To you know uh, our Latino, Latina mm-hmm. brothers, our you know our Hispanic brothers, sisters, um, our let me say our European. Mm-hmm. I will say that because whiteness in and of itself actually yeah, is wicked. It's a problem because it, yeah, it, it, it was ne- there was never anything redeemable about that because it was it was rot in order to um, subjugate. That that's that's literally what whiteness became. Yeah, and it's not even solely about European identity because there are people from the up from other continents. Exactly, if they could move themselves into whiteness, they would move themselves into that. Yeah, Polish immigrants, um, Italian immigrants, you know, uh, even some Russian moved toward whiteness. So that's North Africans. I mean, if you can, if you can, if you can, you know, if you can live into the social Darwin. check boxes of what it means to be in that category, then you can try to get those benefits within uh, this, within our, the world, within our you know social yeah. system. So, I mean, I think one of the things I think is so important is that people in this, certainly for African-American folks, but just people in general, you know, it's hard to make the case that you see other people and that you can love and appreciate other people when you cannot appreciate and see yourself. yourself. Yeah, how can you? I mean, like, what's the deal? How like, what is that about? Yeah. So. I actually think when people say they don't have an issue with when people are so weak on their own ethnic identity and who they are, it, it impairs their ability to love other people yeah. well. Like so, I, I actually think part of my black black dignity, being thankful for the narrative the Lord has allowed me to be produced through, at its best on a good day, I think helps me to look at the narrative of my indigenous or European or, you know, Mm -hmm. it helps me look at someone else's narrative and see appreciation in it, to see appreciation in their story, to say like, it's amazing the contributions everywhere in this world, every continent has been certainly impacted by sin, but the grace of God is manifest in every continent of this world. And we think about specifically the church, the, the church is designed that it be global and Catholic. So there are things from my European sister or my Asian brother or whoever that I need in order to understand the to understand the word of God, to understand the call of the church. Like we 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 need each we other. We need one another. And so there is a there's a problem with when all of the confessions, all of the the all of what forms a hermeneutic tradition, all those things come out of one group of people. Come on. And the truth is, that's not the case. It didn't come out of one group of people, but, to, but, to, but yeah. to deny the other groups of exactly. people. So we need each other. And I think the more we can affirm things like Black dignity, the more we can rightly see our other brothers and sisters, our neighbors who represent you know, different parts of the world. And then we start to see more and more the beauty of the church. Yeah. And, that, and that's the thing about sin. It, it robs us. Yeah. It, debri- it deprives us. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and I think building up this idolatry of whiteness has robbed us. And so it's like, and rob them. Yeah. Intentionally rob themselves of their own ethnic identity. Yeah. So there's a whole group of people, black folks that have been deprived of that ethnic identity. But yet in my own sanctified imagination, I believe because we worship a redeemer. I do believe that in the new heavens and the new earth, that the Lord God is whose image we bear and that we will see manifested in the eschaton. So yeah. Yeah, So although we're playing this game, 
yes. called Black Cod Revolt. <laughs> we is. know that our ethnic <laughs> identities are irrevocable. Yeah. And they and actually allow us to rightly love ourselves and rightly love our neighbor without having to worry about if we're inferior or if they're superior, superior then, to us. Yeah. And yeah, so we have, in order to actually love our neighbor as ourselves, <laughs> we actually have to love ourselves. Yeah, we do have to do it's that. It's really important. It's kind of sort Check. of the, yep. a very important part of the command. Yeah. <laughs> that's not, that's not in the game, though. These questions weren't in the game. Kevin. These <laughs> questions, they weren't there. They weren't there. So, man, this was great. So, of course, we want to thank y'all for taking a seat at the table we with us you. as we played Black Car Revoke. Um, but yeah, thank you for sitting through uh, this episode about ir irrevocable blackness. Um, let's keep the conversation going. Tweet us your thoughts about irrevocable blackness using the hashtag Truth Table. Follow us on tr Twitter and Instagram at Truth Table or email us your thoughts at asktruthstable.com. Don't forget to rate and review the show on iTunes and subscribe on the Satchel Podcast Player. Truth Table is made possible in part by Pottery Studios. Visit pottery.com for the highest in quality online audio entertainment. Our our producer for the show is Joshua Heath. Our executive producer is Bo York, and we have been your hosts, Akemini and Christina. And Christina. We'll see you soon on the next Truth Table. Bye, y'all.